I'm Oz the King from the Eagle Nation podcast, and you're on the Yank on the Footy podcast with Craig Wessels. Um, hopefully you enjoy the show and listen to him every week on your favourite podcast app. That one, year number four. It's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 230 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, rainy and cold Sandusky, Ohio, where it is about 2 Celsius, and we are alternating between rain and sleet, which is freezing rain for those of you who don't get to experience much of that. And, of course, tomorrow we're going to be up around 17 degrees Celsius, so Mother Nature is uh, she's just having fun with us right now. In this, the fifth, I believe, episode of my previews for 2023, uh, I will be sitting down with Waza King here in just a moment from Eagle Nation Podcast as we preview the West Coast Eagles for 2023. Now, don't forget, folks, that if you are interested in uh, having your local footy club getting a shout-out, drop me a note in my email, ayankonthefooty at gmail.com, or send me a note over my website, ayankonthefooty.com. You can find links to all of my socials there as well. I love being able to highlight local clubs throughout the course of the year. Helps me learn the geography of the game and uh, just reinforces that thought that I have that Australia really has something going with these community-based footy clubs and netball clubs and that are just in cricket, of course, that are just the 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 hub for that community. And, and, and it's something that I, as an American sports fan, I'm kind of envious of because we really don't have anything like that. We have high school sports at our schools and that and that type of thing, but it's not necessarily a community-wide thing. Now, today's club of the episode are the Carlisle Cougars of the Perth Football League. And the Cougars were formed back in 1962 and they play their games at the Carlisle Reserve on Briggs Street. And in 2020, the club began the process of having a women's amateur team playing in the Carlisle Colors. And according to my very reliable source, a 2002 life member of the club, this is going to be the first year that the women's team is actually going to be up and operational and playing games. Now, my reliable source, none other than my guest for this episode, Waza King, a 232-game member of the Cougars who kicked over 500 goals during his playing time with the Cougars. Now, he told me that he kept accurate records. So those of you who are with Carlisle, you can ask him about those numbers. Now, I've also heard that he might need to adjust those numbers because uh, he was back at training yesterday for the first time in four years. And Waza, I'm glad to hear that you're back out there, man. I hope... uh, you got home unscathed, and uh, hope you had an absolute blast. And I wish the Cougars the, all the best in 2023. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Waza King from the Eagle Nation podcast, and we're going to preview a club that was probably more snake bit than any other club in the comp last year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our preview episodes, and my guest for our Eagles preview is a... Uh, well, he was with me last year, and if I remember correctly, actually, he told me just a few moments ago, he reminded me of the fact that uh, he did, in fact, tip the Cats to win the Premiership last year. I knew I liked this gentleman a lot. Uh, I am thrilled to <laughs> welcome back 
Waza King, the host of the Eagle Nation podcast. Waza, thanks for coming on today, sir. No, it's a pleasure, mate, and an honor to come back on. Uh, yeah, it was a different year last year for some and good for oh. some others. So, yeah. But it's good to be back, and hopefully 2023 can be well better for m- myself and my team anyway. It was, yeah, it, it, you know, it it was a, uh, you know, if, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong kind of a year last year for for the eagles but have they exercised the demons that seemed to plague them last year oh look only time will tell if they've exercised them you know um the only way you can exercise them is by promoting positivity which is what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. um but the proof will be once they hit the ground running you know what i mean um you can have the greatest uh pre-season going and uh then all of a sudden bang like last year four weeks before the start of the year Eagles were they were flying on the track you know um then they got to the preseason and they had uh in the space of three weeks 16 players uh unfit ready to play for round one so you know anything can happen these days so yes yes being positive um you know hopefully they've exercised them are they let's just put it this way like you said everything that could go wrong went wrong so you don't think that would have happened twice in a row, but being optimistic, uh, let's just hope for an Eagles fans yes. out there that uh, the COVID thing's gone, even though COVID's still around. I think we know how to deal with it in society right, across right. the world now. So um, there would have been a lot of things that the Eagles would have addressed in culture and the way they went went about it. And I think they've learned the lesson and uh, it only can make a team stronger, as they say. So what what do you think the club learned about itself going through everything they went through in 2022? I reckon they learned that they weren't invincible. They weren't, you know, they're they're such a proud, successful club and that's on and off the field. And I think it come back and come back and bit them in the ass a bit saying, you know, uh, this is a wake up call, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, things just don't happen. You got to work hard for things. And, um, that's making sacrifices. And if you go back four or five years ago when they won the premiership, that's all it was about, sacrifices. And um, I think the club will learn from that, that, that you know, you've got to put in the hard yards and, you know, you've got to control the off-field stuff as well because, you know, that was in the that was in the media with Darling and mm-hmm. COVID and stuff like that and uh, Rioli coming back from a suspension and stuff like that. So... I think, you know, you learn from all those things and you got to just think that you're not invincible. You're not the best. So to be the best, you've got to, you got to do everything right. So, and if you don't do anything right, and you, you fail that little 1%, it's going to come back and bite you in the arse as it did. You know, we have to talk about, you know, the, 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 the large hole that is now in the 22, you know, how, how does the club replace somebody like Josh Kennedy? I mean, that that is a huge hole to fill. How, how's, how does the club go about doing that? Well, it is a big hole, but like like with any team, when you've got a big-name player, just say, like, I'll chuck it back to you, like Geelong, once Hawkins retires or... Um, or or Selwood retires, this year. Yeah. You know, um, you're not going to replace him straight away, but you've got to put the groundwork in below that. and. Mm-hmm. One place that the Eagles have probably got a bevy of uh, riches is in the forward line. They've got Jake Waterman who can come in 
You know, um, if he plays, he's played all around the grounds. If they play him predominantly as a forward, he's he's a player that can slot in. Oscar Allen, you know, didn't play a game last year. Uh, he's played 50 games. He's only, what, 21, 22. So the future's there. you got Jack Williams, who's only played one game they drafted last year. So he's a big unit. He's 202 centimetres. He's a big boy. And hopefully with a bit more development in their waffle team, which we'll, I'll touch on later on, which they had a horror year as well due to what happened with the AFL side, not being able to uh, field a, a decent enough team. you got players like that in the, you know, down there that can come in. So right, right. as it won't be filled straight away, um, you know, there is success there to come up. And, you know, JK had to start somewhere. His first four years, he didn't really set the world on fire. Okay, uh, fair and, enough. And you still got Jack Darling still down there. Who true. That's average, true. Average kicks 38 to 39 goals a year. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you can get him firing with Oscar and Waterman, for me, as your key tours, I think we're in a good spot. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, there is still is a ton of talent on this side and it's just, uh, and just, there were, it was just, you know, we can't avoid saying, you know, that things just compounded on the yeah, club. It just, and it just capitulated everyone. Yeah. It just like everything happened at once. Um, and that probably comes down to the off field uh, staff, not, seeing it happening, fans could see it happening and then just believe in that nothing's wrong. And their their what do you call it? Their mission to get out in the media was oh everything's cool, but it wasn't. And mm-hmm. everyone could see that, you know what I mean? And you know, I don't know, Ben on the inside, you know how players affect that, but it must affect you in some way. And yeah, you know, you, but now you've got to put that behind you and you've just got to learn from that. So things so- it happened for a reason, and it all happened at once. And uh, but you know, so you, you know, look at you, know, you, you, you were also, you know, Nick Nat was out for a good chunk of the year as well last year. You know, hopefully he's back healthy. Yeah, um, he only played eight. He only played eight games. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I say, and but that was always a worry from an Eagles fan. If Nick go, Nick Nat goes down, who have they got to come through? And this is probably where the development in the waffle side wasn't as good because. I don't know if you would know, but in the waffle over here, the Eagles have probably got the most stringent rules that they've got to abide by. So Fremantle, they've got their aligned team, which is Peel Thunder, but mm-hmm. they're pretty much a waffle side anyway. So they get nearly all the same recruiting points as all the other waffle sides. West Coast get half of what all the other waffle sides are. They can't get any ex-AFL players once they um, retire straight into the team. They have to apply for it. And this year they applied and they're only allowed to get two. And one was an ex-Eagle and one was uh, Alec Waterman that was at Essendon. He was mm-hmm. on the Eagles list years ago and he's in. So the waffle side, you got to have development there to for the AFL listed players to come through. And last year, because most of those players that were probably going to be playing waffle for a bulk of the season were playing in the AFL. So right, waffle right. side had Waffle side had top up players from the amateur leagues mm-hmm. and it showed you they, they finished on bottom of the ladder. So it compounded there as well. So, but to get back to the question is, you know, the development of Bailey Williams and, you know, Bailey Williams has been in the uh, system for a few years now. So he really needed to step up. He, he stepped up in a couple of games, but he didn't do as good as what people would have thought of. And a young guy could call him Jamison, who's, 
you hardly even played ruck in the waffle. You got chucked in the deep end and, you know, he played, uh, I think, nine games and showed a bit of promise. Mm-hmm. But there's still a big hole there, and that's probably why they uh, drafted a ruckman in this year's draft in Harry Barnett. Um, and rumour is it they're waiting for a couple of uh, boys that are out of um, contract at the end of the year that could be free agents, like Tim English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe they're going to make a play for that. Who knows? But, you know, Nick Nat left a big hole. Right, right. So so tell me, why is it that that the, the waffle side is is hamstrung like that, that they're only allowed to bring what, – what what differentiates them as opposed to, say, Fremantle, where they're only allowed to bring in certain a certain number of players that they might want to bring in? Because uh, West Coast have tried – they had, had a different few different models here in the past where they've had a line clubs where – uh, Eagles were aligned with East Perth, and when they did that, they won three premierships. Okay. So the Waffle, uh, you know, it's a proud, uh, you know, I grew up on the Waffle, which is, for those in America, the West Australian Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great tradition, and I'm a West Perth fan. So um, all those clubs were thinking, well, we don't want to have West Coast come in and dominate like they did in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s where they won three flags with East Perth. So... Then another model was they put all the players out to different clubs, and that seemed to work as well. But for the development of a AFL club, probably didn't work as good. Yeah, like even with continuity. Eagles, yeah, but they, even though the Eagles won a couple of flags doing that, so mm-hmm. it, it 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 did work a little bit. But with Freo, they aligned with Peel Thunder, which is down in Mandra, and you know, so half the sides a waffle side anyway, and that's the difference where West Coast haven't got a lot of waffle players as their backup players. Okay, but if, if you had no injuries, and I was I did a thing on uh, the Eagle Nation uh, Facebook page and uh, Twitter and Instagram, where I, I put if we had no injuries and you put the waffle side together, I put the waffle side together, and the Eagles got a great waffle side. Mm-hmm. That dominate if you had every player fit, but we know things don't happen like that. Not every player is going to be fit, right? So, right. But if they can get a bulk of 13, 14 players, they should improve and the development from underneath will be a lot better. Well, I mean, it, it the, VFL, the VFL is totally different. They've got different rules. So, mm-hmm. um, and I can find in the next few years that seeing what's going on, I reckon there will be an AFL reserves. The AFL have been pushing for it. The interstate clubs are the ones that have stopped it so far because of their cost. Mm-hmm. But I can see that happening and that'll kill the state leagues. You know what? That's that's probably right. Yeah, because if they if they go ahead and have like you know what we have here in the U.S. with baseball, like minor league baseball, if you will, yeah. where you know that like the the Cleveland Indians baseball team has like the major league team is in Cleveland, but then they're they're next level down where players are training, you know, they're to to get ready for the major league level, or maybe they've been there and they got moved on. That's in our state capital in Columbus. And then they have the one that's the next level, which is in Akron, Ohio, which is about an hour south of Cleveland. And then they have even ones that are further down that are in, in smaller communities, you know, where you've got, you know, kid, the young kids who have just got maybe come out of high school or college, who might be 18, 19, 20 years old are playing there, hoping to move up the the ranks, you know? So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I can, that that is definitely a double-edged sword there because you know yeah the the AFL I think would would like the idea of having the reserve sides you know so if if West Coast is playing Collingwood 
you know, the West Coast and Collingwood reserve sides will be playing one another. I think that the AFL would like that, but you're right. It's going to, it's going to do, you know, serious damage to the state leagues. Yeah. Well, and that the state leagues have become another amateur comp because mm-hmm. the best players will be trying to get onto those uh, as top up players to the West Coast and Frio sides. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, they'll be hand picking them. So, you know, like I said, double-edged sword, but that's the future what lies in. But with development, you know, you can have a level field and at the moment the waffle isn't a level field and it's because of president's head stuck in the sand. I don't know, but, <laughs> you know, you, to me, if you had a West Coast waffle side that was actually a bit more productive and probably a bit more winning a bit more games, they're going to get more players to the waffle and it's money in the waffles bank, you know what I mean? Right, right. And with the Eagles, they don't play any home games in the waffle. Every home, every game of theirs is an away game. So they all the gate receipts. So when West Coast play, you're going to get more players, people go on there to watch the waffle. That money mm-hmm. goes into their opposing team's uh bank account. So now is that the same thing and, for is that the same thing for the uh the Peel Thunder then who are associated with Fremantle? Or no. do they get to play home games? They get played home games, so they're basically they're a waffle team that are just aligned with Frio. But okay. that come, I think that comes up the end of this year, so they'll access that again. Um, Eagles wanted to do that, but they couldn't find a team that wanted to do it. And again, West Coast and Perth play at the same ground. Uh, that Perth's ground is where West Coast headquarters is. So okay. um, that'd, be, that'd be the logical team, but at the moment they're a team that are trying to find their identity again. And they're a team like the Browns haven't won a flag yeah. in the Waffles since right. 1978. So it's a bit of pride at the moment. But, you know, they, they, they're they trying to do a few different things this year and hopefully it works for them. But if it doesn't, in a couple of years' time, they might have to turn around and go, well, we're going to have to bite the bullet here. So if the, so if the Eagles had found a club to affiliate themselves with, would that basically then the Eagles would then kind of – it would have been a situation where those those athletes that were playing on that club would have been displaced from that club and then the new group of yep. players would have come. Okay, so they would have just been kind of out of well, a job, some, if you will. Or some maybe. of the players there would have gone on to different team clubs and all that. Right, right. yeah. That's what comes on with the line clubs. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's transfer fees and all that, so it's money. But, you know, that's not going to happen now, so they've just got to make the best of what they've got and hopefully they've got a fit squad this year and they have a better, better outcome than they did last year. Okay. That's you can say for the West Coast last year, it was a bad year. Two wins in the AFL, one in the Waffle, and two in the AFLW, or three in the AFW. So yeah. it wasn't a very good year all around. No, it, it wasn't. So, yeah, But you, you maintained your positivity on the podcast, right? Either that or you developed one heck of a sense of humor. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was hard to be positive. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, you got to try and put a spin on things, and it was like regurgitating the same thing sometimes. Right, right. Like, um, so hopefully this year a lot better and a lot more positive. Sure. Um, but yeah, we we try and find the silver lining, as they say, in each game. And sometimes it was there, sometimes it wasn't. So so did you did you uh, did you have an episode? And I, I I don't know. Did you have an episode where you recreated the uh, the trip that Adam Simpson made through the drive through at Hungry Jacks, where he recruited the guy at the drive through to come and play a game with the. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Hey, you're tall. You could come play for us this week." Yeah, it was getting it was getting like that. Um, it was it was funny. It was like you know, people on uh, social media. Oh, look, I'll play. I'm free to play. Um, yeah, it was it was a bit fun watching that. You know, you have you have to you have to laugh at the crisis. So, 
Oh yeah, so, yeah it's it, it, because if you because if you didn't laugh last year, you probably you probably would have screamed a little bit. Oh and yeah, just, there like, was a lot of there was a lot of screaming. Yeah, um, yeah, and you could you could see in some games even when you're live that they you know towards the second half of the season they were competitive. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, that was, was a pleasing, yeah that was pleasing. So, what is a successful 2023 going to look like for you? Well, for and, me, and, for, and what well, are your I'm, expectations? Well, to me, I, well, I'm optimistic. So, I, I'm I'm not settling for anything less than eight eight wins. You know what I mean? Because they, like you said, they've got a good team on uh, paper. They still probably the second. They've got the second most All Australians on the list mm-hmm. in the AFL behind Geelong now. Um, the Eagles' uh, age demographic has dropped to the midway through the. Pack so they've got a good got a good list there so you know to me I'd like to see him knocking on the door of the eight a pass mark for me would be eight wins but you know anything you know they can't go as bad as what they did last year and if they did there's something totally wrong but right. and we know the reasons there, there's reasons why they were so bad last year but you know you just need to get gains into some players that didn't play last year Oscar zero. Tommy Cole didn't play a game. Chester hasn't debuted yet. He's mm-hmm. been injured and still a little bit injured. Um, Tom Joyce, who was delicit, didn't play a game. And Dom Sheed, he only played one game last year. You know what I mean? Elliot mm-hmm. Yo played five games last year. Um, you know, McGovern only played 10 games last year. So yeah, and the, yeah, get, games are, the, get games into those parts. Yeah, so – and Gaff, you know, he, he, he played – 16 games last year, but he was injured. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was injured the way he ran. So, um, you know, get get a fit squad into them and touch with – they're going all right at the moment. They've got about three or four on rehab, you know, doing their running and all the stuff. But, you know, got to be positive this year. The only way is up. But then I do look at it and say North Melbourne finished below Eagles, so they could go down. <laughs> uh-huh. But, um, yeah, look, I – if they if they get all the players in the park without injuries, I think they'll uh, surprise a few people. And I can only go back to 2010 when they finished bottom of the ladder, and they finished a game out of the grand final the next year. So wow, so so th- things can turn around for clubs, and that got proven this year for some clubs that surprised. You look at Sydney; no one picked them to be in the in the premiership uh, race, were they? So oh, and nobody really picked Collingwood either. No, well, fourteenth to third. Yeah, so that's another thing. So you know, you win those close games. Can they win them again this year? That's a different thing. Right, right. Uh, Luck went on. Luck went on their side, but you know they won the games, and you know that's what belief happens. And if you get that belief into a few of them, you know you, you know anything can happen. The age demographic is different. Eagles have only got seven players, thirty plus. So Mm -hmm. you know that's a lot better than last year. And you know the bulk of their list is. You know, they've got uh, 28 players from 18 to 24, so that's good. So that's so, a good thing going, going forward for the Eagles. So do you do you think, you know, and again, you know, a lot of what happened last year was not necessarily the result of Adam Simpson's coaching abilities. That, that was not a reflection on his coaching abilities, but do you think he's going to be under the pump this year regardless of that? Oh, yeah, he's definitely under the pump. Um yeah, because the Eagles got a successful, rich culture, and mm-hmm. uh, 
They don't like staying down too long. And uh, some people over here don't want Simpson as a coach. Um, you just look on social media, every second post is I'll get rid of Simo and all that. But, you know, you got to look in, into the bigger picture. And maybe um, he was found out a bit as well um, about his coaching style that, you know, he, he never really used to back the younger players in. And all the rhetoric now, when you listen to his interviews in the last two weeks, he's he's talking about that um, some of the younger players will get a chance from the word go, um, where okay. before he's never been like that. It's always experienced players first and uh, the younger players second, and that's gonna that's gonna have to change. And last year he, he said the last game against Geelong, which I don't even want to remember what the scoreline was, but it wasn't pretty. He said 14 of those players in that in that team for the West Coast probably won't be in the round one uh, this week coming coming up. So that's a big change in uh, right, right. the way he's going to select the teams and stuff like that. But um, yeah, he's going to be under pressure. So he's still got two years. If you know, if he had a year left in his contract, he probably wouldn't be there now. Well, and and. You know, you look. You don't have to look much further than what happened to Brett Ratton and realize that you know the coaches' contracts don't necessarily mean a whole heck of a lot. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that I I was shocked when when he was. You know, I was a little surprised that they let him go, but then then to learn that you know he had just signed the three year contract and they only had to pay him like six months of it. That part really shocked me. I yeah, I, that's I, to me that's bad management. I'd be uh like Clarkson, you know, he got let go a year earlier, but um, he, they still had to pay him out the whole year. So mm-hmm. I'd be getting on to my manager and saying, how come I only had a six-month clause in there? Right. Yeah, I and didn't know if that was – I didn't know if that was standard across the game or not. No, no, um, that's probably what saved Simpson. He's probably got a ironclad agreement in there, you okay. know what I mean? So, okay. And, you know, that, that, that coaching thing has got to come out of their soft cap. So mm-hmm. – you know, St Kilda are paying six months better soft cap, so where that's why North Melbourne uh, with Clarkson he couldn't start to November because he was still getting paid by Hawthorne. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's probably what saved Simpson. Yeah, uh, they did that pretty quietly. They didn't even, half of the Eagles fans didn't even know he'd signed on for an extra two years. So they've kept a few things quiet. So I'd love to know what else they've kept quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that'll show up week one, but you know. We don't want to think about this, but and we saw a lot of these things. But what are what are going to be those indicators that are going to say to you, "Uh oh, it's like deja vu all over again"? Oh, uh, that'll just come. My indicator there will be the way they their body language is and how they're playing in the first couple of rounds. You know, um, last year there. Their body language at some of the games, they walked out, and you can't blame them. They didn't want to be there. You know, mm-hmm. one 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 team they had five players that have never played for the club ever in the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the jumpers on the day. You know, um, that that would kill anyone's belief in anything. But you know what? In those two games that they had the contingency players, and they they probably actually played all right. You know, because right, right, it was there. But afterwards, yeah, it all come down to positivity and how they're thinking, how their their body language is, and you know. Like I said, I look at their list and I I can pick the best 23 and it's pretty bloody good. Mm -hmm. So they can play to the optimum and uh, I think they can really shake it up. Well, and and of course, if, you know, if Fremantle ends up having a decent year and if you guys can knock them out and prevent them from getting the eight, that would be all the better, right? Oh, anything that anything involves (laughs) that. Look, you know, um, I know we've spoken off air and all that, you know, Freya, they've got, 
they've got a good list. You know, they put their, their faith in Longmuir and uh, they've got the youngsters behind them and mm-hmm. they, they've been six years in the wilderness. So it's time for them to stand up and all that. But from me being a, an Eagles fan looking at Frio, if they're expecting to go for the flag this year, you know, they lost quite a bit last year. So if they can find somebody to kick their goals, they're going to be damaging are dangerous. If not, they're going to be around. They'll be around the uh, around the eight. So, but right, you know, right. they're they're the uh, evil the evil brother over here for us. So yes. we don't really we we try not to concentrate much on the purple people leaders over here because uh, we don't really <laughs> like them. They don't like us. Um, but there is an admiration there. They've got some great players, and um, Eagles are starting to regenerate now, like we have in the draft. It's the best draft we've had for a long time where we picked up, you know, players that early on in the draft. So if it can happen good right. for their Frio and turn around quick, it can happen at the West Coast as well. well and you know, you mentioned you you know you mentioned the draft, and you know, you brought in you know the, your top two picks, uh, Gibney and Hewitt, are both from WA, uh, which you know hope. Hopefully that's something, you know, that, yeah, we've seen instances where, you know, players have been drafted to clubs out of state and uh, they want to leave and go to, oh, I don't know, South Australia, for example, after one season. West Coast have probably um, never had a problem with keeping interstate players. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, Rioli went this year. Um, there were circumstances why he went. And you, know, you could tell watching him playing footy in the last six weeks, he wanted to be anywhere but here. Um, and, you know, the, you know, players just don't get up and leave for the re- You know, they've got to have a reason to leave. And, you know, while, you know, we all wanted Rioli to stay here, it would have been good. But, you know, he had his reasons to go. But, like, you know, Lysett, he he went back to South Australia, but he regretted, you know, there's a story there that he didn't want to, once he had said yes, he wanted to, you know, can the deal, but it was too late. And West Coast have um, never had a problem with uh, retaining players for some reason. You know, they've got 17 Victorians on the list, uh, 28 are from West Coast, yeah. I mean, from WA, three are from South Australia and 17 from Victoria. So what the Eagles do, though, is... When they recruit interstate players, same for Victoria, a bulk of their Victorian players are from country Victoria. So, oh, that makes sense. Okay. And country Victorian. So, they're young kids for them. So, in WA, we've got the PSA level, which is the private school uh, uh, league where you get a lot of players through at Colts. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the Colts and the Waffle. But in Victoria, you know, it's the same thing. They all go to their colleges. So all the boys from the country, they're, they're going away to probably the city to, you know, different colleges or unis to play football. So they're already away from home. So they've had – and if I went through the list, I'd say 80% of them would be country Victorian footballers. It wouldn't be city Victorian. And um, but yeah, they've had pretty good retention rate there. Some clubs find it hard, and you know it's really weird. I, I don't understand. Personally, I don't understand it. If mm-hmm. if I'm a player that's 18 years of age, and that's what I want to do, I want to play AFL footy. I'll go anywhere to play. Yeah. And if you get drafted to the other side of the uh, country, so be it. And you know, unless it's a really underlying circumstances that you've got sick family members and all that and you need to right. get back home. That's cool. But yeah, I just don't understand some of these people that say, oh, I just want to go home. I'm homesick, you know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, I know about most kids about 18, 19, they want to probably get away from their parents, don't they? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's. Uh, you know, I I asked my I joke with my students at school. I asked them. I said, yeah, well, how many of you have heard from your parents? You know that when you're when you turn eighteen, you know that they're gonna you know they're gonna toss you out of the house. You know, and and I said in joking, and and hopefully nobody says, oh yeah, they've told me I'm gone. I don't want it to be a serious one. Uh, but you know, sometimes they'll say, oh yeah, they joke with me about that all the time, and I tell them, I said, you know, I. I, I was a foreign exchange student um, after high school. I turned 18 right after high school. I said, I left for Brazil on my 18th birthday. So not only my parents kicked me out of the house, they threw me off the continent. They were serious <laughs> about getting serious about getting rid of me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was the same. I nicked up to Melbourne, so uh, yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. stay there long as didn't like the weather. <laughs> so, you know, you're looking at your uh, at your fixture for this year the 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 schedule makers made it interesting for you at least out of the gate it's you know there's an opportunity for for clubs to have some confidence builders because you open up with north melbourne and then you have gws so you've got you know a couple clubs that scuffled last year along with with you guys so this is an opportunity if the club is is truly back to where they should be you've got a great shot at starting out two and oh this year they have got a good shot, but that can bite you back in the foot too. You know That's what I mean? True. Um, That's true. If they lost to North Melbourne, and the funny thing with North Melbourne is, um, it doesn't matter if either team's gone really good or really bad. West Coast and North Melbourne sort of always have really close games, mm-hmm. and it's not a close game. You know, there's been a, a few occasions where they're um, blowouts, but um, you know. To me, that's not a, a given that West Coast is going to win that, and especially with Clarkson now as a coach oh, at um fair point at, at North Melbourne and uh, Simo being under him at Hawthorne for a while, they've got that bit of a thing going on. So you, you know, North Melbourne on the same foot, they'll be going, well, we're, we're playing West Coast, we're, we're going to win this. So the confidence yeah. is going to be high on both sides. Um, West Coast against Giants, yeah, you, you, you got to pin that in. You, West Coast have to win that. So. Mm-hmm. It's a first home game. They've got to win that. And then they've got the Derby. And even though it's a Frio home game, imagine if West Coast and knock off Frio then. You know what I mean? Um, it won't just be bragging rights. It'll be um, all the Frio faithful starting to doubt their team again like they always do. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> sorry, Duck, if you're listening to this, um, but that's what you guys do. Um, <laughs> so they, they kill their own, those guys. And, but, yeah, so, but, you know, there's a good chance, but you say that's the first three home games, and West Coast got Melbourne, Geelong, and uh, Port Power, so they could be zero and six as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, good, good thing is West Coast played Geelong in Adelaide, so that's one that's one positive I've looked at it. <laughs> they don't have to play, play them at the Cattery. That's that's a good point too. Yeah, I mean, I, I what do you think about that? You know, the uh, the the basically the tourney where they're all playing in the same state the same weekend. Do you like that idea? The gather round, yeah. Look, it's done in other codes and it's done over here in rugby, and it mm-hmm. seems to work. But rugby is a bit a different setup, you know. They only have three, two major states that really play it, and you know you got Melbourne that are in there as well with one team. Look, um, as long as it's uh, a different state every year, I think it's a good thing. It's an extra round for the for the footy, right? Right. Um, but you wouldn't want to be one of the pl- game. Teams, I think it's Frio and one of the other teams are playing at a suburban ground. You'd want it or played at the big, big game grounds, you know what I mean? But yeah, for it to yeah. happen, you have to use suburban grounds. So, um, yeah, look, 
we'll, we'll see we'll see if it works um i'm glad it's adelaide first so and it's not victoria which would have been the easy option um you know so you know if, if it works and then goes to wa or queensland and then even new south wales and i think victoria would be the last place because you know they get a bulk of the games they get you know five six games there a week anyway so um you know, yeah I, it should, should be good extra I, week anyway i have to say i I kind of would have, and this I'm just thinking about this. I kind of would have liked to have seen it in Victoria this year because it would have been, wouldn't it have been great if they actually sent Collywood and Richmond to go both play each other in Geelong? Oh. <laughs> it's mean, great you can't, seeing, you can't uh, get them uh, to go. You can't get them to go play the Cats there. Maybe they can go play each other there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And that, that's see, that's a big discussion in over here in WA. Like West Coast or Freo will go to Geelong or they'll go to Tasmania, but. How many times has Collingwood been to play Geelong in Geelong? Uh, how many times has Richmond been down there? How many times has Essendon been down there to play? Mm -hmm. And actually, how many times has Hawthorne been down there to play Geelong in Geelong? You know what I mean? Right. It's, you know, to me as a Geelong fan, I'd be saying, well, I want to be, I want to be playing those big teams at home as well, you know? Um, well, I think the hope is, and I, I, I've talked to a few uh, Cat supporters and somebody who works for the cats that they, you know, that they, you know, they got one more home, they got one more game at GMBHA last year. And they're hoping that once the construction on the new stand is done, the hope is that they're maybe going to be able to actually get a home final game. If should they be in a position to, to have one? Well, that's what they should. You know what I mean? Uh, every other team gets a home final. So why should they play their home final at MCG? Um, you know, it's yeah. one of the, it's a ground that no one likes playing at because of the uh you know the winning ratio that Geelong has there. But you know, teams have beaten them down there. Look at Freo Man Fremantle yeah. beat them in Geelong at the last home final down there. So yeah, wasn't that twenty thirteen? Yeah, twenty thirteen. So if you're good okay. enough to win, you should be good enough to win anywhere. So right. but yeah, personally I've been in the category I think twice in thirty years and yeah, I don't know if I've liked it either time. <laughs> maybe because maybe because of the result, but um, but uh, it's very yeah. Look, good good thing for Geelong that they're getting it done, and um, hats off to them if they can get home finals down there. And uh, it's a you know they're good down there, so you got to win, you got to play them down there, but play so, the big teams down there. So you know we've we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but. Who do you, you know, it, you know, you actually, I want to go back to this first because I just got done talking to the guys from the, the Bulldogs podcast, uh, the One-Eyed Bulldog podcast, and they they were talking about how uh, Bevo likes to blood players and get them games that, you know, maybe other coaches wouldn't, you know, that, you know, get this, get this person an experience at the senior level, at the highest level, so they at least know what it's like, that type of thing. And you were talking about how Adam Simpson is, has kind of been singing a different tune about the younger players. Do you, do you think he's going to start maybe doing that a little bit more this year? He was forced to do it last year, but do you think he's going to want to do it with some of these younger players this year when he maybe isn't forced to do it? I think because he was forced to do it last year, he will do it this year. Okay. And the rhetoric is that he will, um, and he's been – speaking it up um and you know that the guys from one-eyed bulldog get they're correct because uh you know bevo is probably the coach that has been throwing players into the deep end and you know that's the only way you can find out if they can swim so mm -hmm. um and last year like you know players like uh you know uh 
Jamison probably wouldn't have got a game last year if it wasn't for injuries. Uh, there's other players, you know, that probably wouldn't have got games last year if it wasn't for injuries. So now they've got a taste of it. Now they know what it's like. So it might light the fire in their belly, you know what I mean? And Right. And if you've got pressure from underneath, and this is why we've always said it, like um, players, oh, players are just getting games because they've got a photo of um, Simo with a goat or something, you know. Um, some of these younger players... You, I'm always of the belief if your younger players are producing at it at the lower level mm-hmm. and the player that that would be to say it's uh Jamie Cripps from West Coast right right you know he, and he's one that the fans like to get into all the time and um they say oh, how come Cripps is getting a game but unless you've got guys underneath that are doing better in the waffle or producing you know do they deserve to be chucked in you know what I mean that's um true. that's very true. The, it's a very fine line. So, and last year, you know, they got games because it was forced. Um, this year, now they're going to have to produce, produce it. But you know, Simone needs to look in the crystal ball and look that you know there's quite a few players left from 2018 flag. Mm-hmm. There's a handful left there, but you, you know, you've got to you got to filter in some of the younger players, and he, he did that in 2018. Right, and they, right. they won a flag. So in 2019 and 20 and 21, they sort of went backwards. They just played the the experienced guys. And, um, you know, some of the guys in the draft that we picked up, to me, um, Hewitt can play. He, he, I've, I've watched him mm-hmm. all year. Gimney, he, he's a gun. So he's a, you know, he, he can play. And Barnett, the Ruckman, um, that they picked up, you know, he, if he's a bit injured at the moment. So, you know, he's going to put pressure on people like Bailey Williams and Callum Jamison, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where they didn't have the pressure before. They were going to get a game, but now the pressure's there. So they're going to have to play their best football. Right, in order to make sure that, they, you know, they, that that opportunity is there. Yeah, because I'm, you know, because I'm wondering, you know, if, is he going to start looking to play some of these kids to try to say, okay, what's this? And maybe, maybe it's not the right thing to do, and maybe I'm completely misguided here, but, you know, as you said, yo, you you were hoping for eight wins this year. So do they start? Do they start? You know, blooding some of these kids for, you know, let's look and see what twenty twenty four is going to look like. Let's you know, let's let's yeah, well, you know, take take a look in twenty three. Yeah, that's what I'd be doing um, yeah. if I was a senior coach. Um, you know, and saying that round one, I reckon you're going to see a lot of familiar faces, but I mm-hmm. think you might see one or two younger players in there. And um, he has to do that because if he puts, you know. You can go two ways. You can put all your experience team in there, and if you're losing, then you chuck your, then you got your excuse. You got to chuck your youth in there, or you back your youth in. You, you drafted these kids, so you know if they're if you drafted them, they're high, they they're good enough to play. So, and that's the only way you find out. And you know they cut a lot of dead wood last year, um, and J.K. retired and Redden retired. Redden mm-hmm. retiring's opened up the door for a multitude of players to play that position. There's five or six players that could play that position, so. If he had stayed, he would have been stopping that progression because he would have been first picked. Right, right. So, so who do you see um, that is going to be making that push to, to into the? Uh, yes, we should say the twenty three now. Um, yeah, the twenty three. That, yeah. that is, you know, that that is going to find that spot and is just going to grab hold of it, and not let go. That hasn't been there. Who who's going to be the next person that's going to? have their name written in ink rather than in pencil? Well, I reckon you saw it in the latter half of last year and Brady Hoff 
and uh, Rhett, Rhett Bazo. Um, they played nine, ten games on the end of the last year, mm-hmm. and they had their own. And you know, to me, for the backline to evolve, we got a, we actually got a lot of backline players. So you know what I mean. And it's probably the hardest spot to get into. But Bazo had his own, and I can see him making a name for himself this year. And Brady Hoff, he was a diamond in the rough. He was drafted at you know pick fifty something. No, no, it wasn't just 39 in the draft. And um, he came out of country football last mm-hmm. year, the year before. You know, he played, he, he got put up into the Peel team for seven games at the end of the year and he got drafted. And, you know, he's put a bit of bulk on. He was pretty tiny in uh, frame. But them two are the ones that I reckon will start making a name for us for themselves this year. Okay. And that they've shown that they can do it. And um, yeah, I'm excited just by those two inclusions. And and Greg Clark to me is the other one that he's mature age recruit. He's played great in the waffle. We're bred and going. I think that's position the position he's gonna be gunning for because he's he's a bull, so and he knows how to get the ball. So he was playing predominantly outside last year as when the nine games he played, played on the outside of the wing, where he's better off inside in the guts in the in when or where all the traffic is. Okay. So what what bold prediction do you want to make about the Eagles this year? What what is something that you know that that may or may not come true? What what is the the, the thing you want to just, you know, say, I think this is gonna happen. Well, I don't think it's going to happen, but the bold, bold prediction would be Eagles shake it up and make the finals. You know what I mean? Uh, that'd be the bold prediction. Um, will it come true? Yeah, I'd love it to come true. Will it come true? Maybe not. But, um, you know, just to shake it up, you know. Then okay. Not making up numbers this year. Um, no excuses is my would be my motto this year. Okay. That as yeah. I run out, there should be a sign there saying no excuses. Get out there and just, you know. And he okay. was always had a motto, so I'd love to see what it come what comes up. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did something like that. No excuses, because last year was just full of excuses. So there's no there's no uh, little corner, a uh, little rock to hide under this year. So <laughs> get out there and give it your best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the 2023 season uh, comes and goes, and after the Eagles play their final game of the year, whenever that happens to be, whether it's round 24, whether it's in the finals, what is the headline in the West Australian after the Eagles season ends? What's the headline say about them? The Eagles are back. <laughs> the Eagles are back? Okay. So you, yeah, have two, you, have two, you have two bold predictions. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of uh, the Eagles, um, the, you know, the band, uh, trying to think of one of the albums to use one of them sort of things. Uh. De- Desperado? Yeah, it could be. That Lion one. Eyes? <laughs> uh, uh, Hotel California? Life in the Fast Lane? What was their last one called? Um, oh, it's forgotten me now. Well, the Long Run was a great album. Yeah, oh, look, you could use any of those. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, or, you know, yeah, just Eagles are back. Um, that's my bold prediction for a headline, but it could be uh, you thought 22 was bad, 23 was worse. <laughs> oh. I'm hoping that's not well, let's, so. let's hope that's not the case. Of course, you know, you could, no. you could go to one specific uh, – one specific member of the Eagles, you could go to Joe you know, Joe Walsh, uh, Joe Walsh's album that would like 
life's been good so far i guess is that the isn't that the song yeah i uh, think so yeah yeah something like yeah something along those lines yeah Dick Rusty on my stuff, so uh... <laughs> yeah, I am too. I am too. I, I am... <laughs> yeah. So, are you ready for a little bit of Eagles trivia before we wrap up tonight? Yeah, why or not? Today? Let's get let's let's give it a go, eh? Okay. Now I've got I've got a handful of questions here for you, and we'll see how you do. Some of them are about the 2022 season. Uh, right. One of them I'm not exactly sure. I, I it's it's the best number I could find here. But let's let's start with this one. Uh, these seven players who all played at least 13 games averaged 20 disposals, at least 20 disposals for the Eagles last year. And there was how many? Seven. There were seven that averaged and at I, least 20, and they played th- all. They all played 13 games or more. I'd have to go Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is going to be hard. I'd have to say Gaff because he always yes. averages about 20. Um, 13 games, 13 games. Um, Duggan, yep, Redden, yep. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say maybe Jones, mm, not on the list. All right, uh, 13 games. Uh, geez, Christ, because there wasn't many of the above 13 games. Um, <laughs> sure, he wouldn't be in there, would he? He is. Is all he right, is. and yep. would be so one you, have, more. you have two left. Uh, Barras, no, nope. Oh, yeah, I, I don't. Well, the only ones I could think of that played more than 13 games were like a, a West, but I don't know if he averaged more than that. Well, you've got and Liam, uh, Ryan. Liam Ryan wouldn't have averaged it, Cripps nope. wouldn't have averaged it. He didn't, uh, no, well, what? I couldn't think of that other two. Witherden and Hearn. Witherden. Oh, Hearn. Uh-huh. Hearn's an obvious one. Missed yep. that one. Yeah, Witherden, a bit, bit surprised, yeah, because he only played 13 games, yeah, so. Yeah. So he he was the cutoff there. Yep. How did I miss Hearn? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um. So which coach won more games as the Eagles senior coach, John Worsfold or Mick Malthouse? Uh, what was it again? More games. Mm-hmm. It had to be Malthouse, wouldn't it? It was, yes. He won 156 yep. and Worsfold won 149. Yeah. Yep. So very yep. yeah, it was close. All right. Here's here's one of those negative stats here. Uh, <laughs> this 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 player had the lowest disposal efficiency percentage for the club in 2022. Oh Jesus. Lowest. Mm-hmm. How many games did he play? Is there games? Oh, <laughs> let me uh, give me a second here. I can tell you that uh, because yeah, you go on lowest, you can just pick your one played, player. He played, he played seventeen. The lowest. Uh huh. Oh, it'd have to be either Baylor Williams or uh, Liam Ryan. It was Liam Ryan. Yes, it was Liam Ryan. Yep. I don't remember if I asked you this one last year, but I should I should have uh, I should have looked. But I'll ask it again just in case. Which club have the de- the Eagles defeated more than any other club since joining the AFL? That's defeated them. Uh, no, that they've defeated the Eagles have beaten this other team thirty seven times. It's the most. Oh, that's Brisbane, isn't it? Melbourne, not Brisbane. Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. 
So Brisbane, not as the because oh, I oh, yeah, right, because you had Lions and the Bears. All right, yeah, Melbourne. All right, and, and which Brisbane which cl- which cl- yeah, which club has defeated the Eagles the most times? Uh, I think it's either Essendon or it's Essendon or Sydney. It is Sydney. Yep, it is Sydney. Yeah. Now, and this this is I, I mean, love. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Only because they play majority of the games in a. At the SCG. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. And saying, so, and just the thing on the fixture this year, whoever's doing the AFL fixture needs to listen up. How can West Coast not play Brisbane in West in WA yet again? Seven years in a row have not played Brisbane in WA. So they're going back to they're going back to Brisbane again. Yeah. Wow. They go back every year. Wow. It's amazing. They, Brisbane are the only team that have not played West Coast at Optus. Huh. Does somebody have like a, a warrant out for their arrest in WA uh, that they can't come into the state or something? They are they always put in their request for, you know, what they want in a fixture every year. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that West Coast have put that in that they want to play Brisbane at Optus and they still didn't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. This I, I love this stat though. This is I, I, I think this is such a cool stat. And I just I really just started to read up on this one in the last year or two. But uh this player who played 18 games had the highest average of one percenters with eight and a quarter per game in 2022. And he played what eighteen games or more? He played, he played 18 games. Uh well Dan from Eagle Nation, he's our stats man, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jermaine Jones. Tom Barras. Tom Barras, I thought he played 19 games. Well, I thought I read 18. I could be wrong. Let me look here. I thought I I thought I saw 18. Let me look here. I might have written the wrong, I might have written the wrong number down, which you know means that, that question is void. Yeah, he did play 19. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that because him and Barat, uh, him and Hearn played the same amount of games. So why did I see, you know what? I'm going to go back and look at, the, I have to go back and look at this now that I'm, I'm okay. It says on the footy wire stat sheet under his for games, it says, it says 19 games. But when I looked, let me see the, let me get to the rankings here. Cause I want to make sure I, I know I probably wrote it down wrong. Okay. Let's come on. Let's get to the rankings here. There we go. Team averages for one percenters and go. And it says he played 19. So guess who needs a new pair of glasses? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, either way, he was the person with the most one percenters. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he had and he had a great year. You know, he won the fairest and best for the, the John Westfold medal for the Eagles. Um mm-hmm. and everyone's touting him as the next leader over here. I don't think he'd want that knowing his personality. Um but what a great year, you know. Um for a, a ruckman, I think he, I mean, for a backman to take what was it, a record twenty to thirty mark or something. I can't remember. He took the record marks as a backman yeah. this year. Um, you know, the guy's he's a gun, um, and he's only twenty-seven. So players like him, that um, you know, that's what the Eagles fans should be looking at. You know, they've right, got a, right. a lot of football in them, like Kim Yo. He's got a lot of footy sheed. You know. Players that are around that age, Duggan's only 25, you know, Brass is 27, mm-hmm. Clark. They've got a good list there. So, you know, 
Yeah, if, if if they don't have if the if the wheels don't fall off and COVID and all that stuff don't happen, yeah, I think it, it's I think at least eight wins are certainly achievable. Well, yeah, to me yeah. that anything less is uh it's a it's a bad season. So mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you get eleven home games, you, you you aim to win all your home games as, right, as right. a as a minimum for a team, you 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 want to win your home games and you know, the ones that you don't, you got to make up in a way. So if you win your home games, you're laughing. You only need to win a couple of ways. So true. So the bar's not too high there. Eight, eight wins to me is achievable. So mm-hmm. um, especially with the talent on the list, you know, if they didn't have players like, say, Nick Nat on, wasn't playing, McGovern wasn't playing, Hearn, Darling, and say even Gaffin, you know, um, then maybe the, the bar wouldn't be as high as eight. But yeah, I think eight's achievable. Okay, I got a couple more here for you. Um, this player led the club with three an average of 395 meters gained per game in 2022. I'm gonna say it's Hearn because he had more meters gained than he's ever had this year. But from the way you're looking, it's not. It, it was <laughs> Maybe Al, it's Jones Alex, Alex Witherden. Witherden? Yep. How many meters gained? 395. Far out. Yeah. See, to me, that's deceptive. You know what I mean? Because he goes a lot. He goes sideways quite a lot, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, to me that's very deceptive. So, um, <laughs> but I'm not the stats man on our, our Eagle Nation, uh, yeah. Dan. So um, he probably would have got that right, and he probably uh, wants to tell him or once he listens to him, he's going to go, "Was it? How come he didn't know that?" <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is this is a microcosm of of last year. Uh, and this is an over under. So the over under on this one is 25. Yep. How many players kicked goals for the Eagles last year? Over 25 many, or under 25? How many that kicked goals? Yes. I'd say just under. 28. 28. Because 28. I know <laughs> I know there's only six that scored 10 or more. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and then the rest would have been just like, you know, ones and twos here and threes and that. Yeah, there you were know, one ones. Rowley kicked 14, Waterman, you know, he was a, you know, 14 goals from Rioli. He only played 13 games, so that's not good enough, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, Waterman, 18, you know, he kicked nearly one a game. You know, Cripps, he kicks more than 22. But your JK and Darling kick your bulk of your goals, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they kicked 37 and 34 respectively, so... You know, yeah, there's a big uh, chasm there. That's where I was going to say he didn't kick enough goals this year to win games. So yeah. that's something that's got to change. And um, hopefully we might see Tim Kelly play more of a forward role where he can hit the board a bit more. Okay. That, that would be – because he's certainly capable of doing that. Yeah, if they want to if well, they get some – yeah. Yeah, you look at his role when he played at the Cats was predominantly as a high half forward, mm-hmm. extra mid. And and the games that he did play at the Eagles, where he played that position, he was damaging. And right. um, he plays his best football there. He's not a, an outright midfielder, so I'd love to see him move up. Liam Ryan have a better better year. Yeah. So this I was shocked by the age, and this this person was uh, sixteen years old. Who was the youngest player to ever play for the Eagles? And he went on to play. Never wear a punda. There you go. Yeah. Went on to play 227 games. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's when they could, that's when they could uh, get them younger. Um, 
to change the draft rules after that. And who, who's the oldest player that's ever played for the Eagles? To be drafted or the oldest player to play? Oldest, uh, to pl- oldest player to play in a game. Playing a game. Oh, jeez. Far out. Someone's telling me it's Hearn, but it's not. It is. It is Hearn? Yep. <laughs> yep. Jeez. I thought there yeah. might have been one other. I'm trying to go back to the late 90s because, you know, there's always a few that were older that mm-hmm. drafted late and they played older like Steve Malaxis and stuff like that. But, um, so, yeah, Hearn, cool. Now, I, I found – I this is the best number that I could find on this, but uh, how many players played in an AFL game for the Eagles last year? 47 from memory. Okay, yep. Because uh, six of them were contingency players and uh, right. four were SSP players. So, and none of them are at the club now. So, that's 10 players yeah. that played last year that aren't even at the club. So, yeah, it's, it's a big turnover just itself there, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, yeah, that's. Uh... And it's the most ever played in post war, I think, mm-hmm. AFL that have played in the season. So, um, I'm not even, I'm not even getting. I'm not even going to make a hungry Jack's drive-through joke right here. I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let it pass uh, because I, because I hope that these young men have found opportunities elsewhere. And I'm sure they have, because if they were, if they were good enough to get even a single game at the AFL level, I would assume that they are still talented enough to be playing at some of the lower levels. Well, you look at three of them, Stefan Jara, who was an ex Fremantle player. Mm-hmm. So he got delisted that year by Fremantle. Um, Angus DeWar used to play for uh, Hawthorne and Declan Mountford played for the Ruse. So they all had okay. previous AFL experience. So they had been, they fell over play games or been under that umbrella the before. Yeah. So um, that was the beauty about the contingency plan. You know, Eagles got, I think it was, I think Eagles and Freo both got 15 players and they had to select from a certain amount of clubs. Mm-hmm. And, but those, those guys that I mentioned, plus, you know, uh, Ainsworth, who was an ex-Eagle, he got delisted that year before. Um, Florenka is probably the only one that hasn't been given the chance at AFL level. And Aaron Black, but Aaron Black's probably in the waffle level, what you'd call is a Sandover medalist. He's he, he's a champion at the waffle level. So, you know, okay. um, he, he's one player that should have played AFL football mm-hmm. because of his age. Uh, he'll never get the chance because it's all about age. These days in the AFL, you know what I mean? They right, right. Every now and then you get, I think there's two percent of mature age players get picked up, and the rest are all eighteen and under. So, yeah, it's... which to me is weird because there's so many good players out there playing waffle and SANFL and even the VFL that should be playing the AFL because they're better than some of the players that are on the AFL list, in my personal opinion. Yeah, and you would, you would, and I guess I, I would, I would wonder then that if, if you know, if that mature age player, and when we're talking mature mature age players, we're talking maybe somebody who's 23, 24. Yeah. That's yeah weird, we're, we're, we're not we're not talking about somebody who's like, you know, 47 and is, you know, just had his first colonoscopy. You know, we're not we're not talking about somebody like, yeah, you know, we're talking about a 23, 24 year old that that if if they hit on that kid and he becomes a great, you know, becomes a, a solid player, you might have a player on your list for seven or eight, nine years that's going to contribute. And then guess what? You go find another mature. And again, this is not to knock the 18, 19 year old, but you may no. find somebody who has the, you know, the, the, the mature enough body to come in and be able to compete and, and have some success. 
I just don't understand how clubs don't do it as much because you just got to look at uh, Tim Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? Michael Barlow at Fremantle. Um, there's plenty of them, you know. Uh, Pickett at at Richmond, you know what I mean? I think Tom, Tom Atkins at Geelong, I think, would fit yeah, into that Tom, category. Well, he's a perfect example, isn't he? Yeah. L- look at him, um, you know. Without Atkins, Geelong don't win the flag to me. He was, I, yeah. He, he was one of their best players for the year. Um, yeah. You know, clubs all clubs have got the mature age players, but there's I don't they just don't seem to do it enough. And um you know, these recruiters uh, and I know a couple of recruiters and I know a couple of scouts and you know it's a hard job trying to forecast if this person's gonna be good or not. But when you got a player that's playing in the, the next level down and they're consistently they're winning Sandover medals or McGarry medals or whatever it is. Yeah, and they're not getting to an AFL list. Someone's gone wrong there for me, and um, I think there should be a position provider on a list where you can have. I think it's what you have forty-two on a list now that you every club should have an extra two, and they're going to be mature age. They're going to be a player between twenty-three and twenty-seven. Okay, they have to pick. You know what I mean? I, I like that idea. Because to me, that, that that would be good for football. So mm-hmm. you know, it gives those players there's. There's hundreds of them littered in the waffle that I could name that should be on an AFL list still. You know right. what I mean? And um, yeah, and some recruiters like Fremantle picked up another guy this year from the VFL. He was an ex-Rue, Corey mm-hmm. Wagner. And it's not to knock Freo, but this is just one that I can remember. They, they've gone and picked him from um, the VFL, but there's a couple of guys that were on their contingency list that are playing at Claremont that have played and been on AFL list that could be playing mm-hmm. AFL now, and they, they didn't even go from the home state to get it. So it just it's a be, bewildering at best sometimes. Yeah. So, Waza, before we go, we, we have to certainly talk about it. Where can people find Eagle Nation? And where can they find well, you on social media as well? Well, we're on, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter. Um, people have been telling me to get on to uh tiktok which we're looking at <laughs> but I, 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 will, I, I will never go on tiktok i'm not going I, there. i'm not a i'm not a tiktok person from what i've seen but one of the other boys on eagle nation dan or wayne or yeah. even we got a couple other guys tom and uh rob they might want to do that um yeah. so they're the main social pages and the podcast is like you said it's on um it's on nearly every podcast app that i know of um the main one just spotify google apple um, where we we bounce off SoundCloud uh, in America, Stitch is not very big over here in Australia. But you, as you said, you listen to it on Stitcher. Yep. We're on Amazon Music in America as well. So, um, yeah, we're on all our podcast platforms. And I just want to shout out to some of the people that might listen to your show that are in America. We got a big American following just from being on your show last year. So, terrific. Thank you for that. Me, Terrific. For, That's great. Uh, I mean, I, I know we have it, you know, Jim White that lives in Georgia is a huge yeah. Eagle supporter. Yeah. Um, he's, he's one that I've uh, chatted yeah. to offline a few times. Yep. So, um, you know, good, good guy. The more people you can get to everywhere in the world is really yeah. good. So, um, it's to see when you go down and you find out where everyone listen to you, uh, it's a bit of a buzz sometimes. You sit there and go, who, who are we reaching and where are we reaching to? Right. And some of the, some of the, places you got to look up on the world map to have a look at because i've never heard of them before but it's yeah, great yeah. So. yeah no i think in november i had like 
I had like 30 downloads from Iran in November. Oh, I, I was like, wait, wait, what's going on in Iran where people are checking? I mean, it's fine, but I just, I was, I thought they were busy with that whole, you know, protest that was going on in the country at that point in time, but they, but evidently somebody found time to check out the podcast. So yeah, yeah that's good. And, uh, you know, you just want to, you know, I try and get, you know, on the shows, I said, if you're from another country and send us a message, tell us where you're from, tell us a bit about yourselves. So right. we know we can speak about it and that. So, um, you know, it's, we're, we're changing it up this year with Eagle Nation. We used to just do the one show per week where, mm-hmm. We will we will record probably all on the same night, but we'll we'll cut it up and have three different segments so people can pick what they want to listen to. Um, so that's going to be something different. So we'll have Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night this year. So okay. um, more more Eagle Nation for some if they want it, and if they don't want to listen to it, they can choose to uh, <laughs> instead of skipping their segment, they can just not listen to that one and go to the next one. So um, well, give so them op- it's give some options, yeah. So that's, so that's great. this year. And um, so, yeah, hopefully we get a bit more. And, uh, you know, we got promised a lot of players last year, but because of COVID, I got knocked on the head and stuff like that. And um, yeah. I did a couple uh, pre-season, but the quality of audio didn't turn out right. So we're going to try and do it again. Okay. So we're in different uh, places and the background noise was too much. And to yeah. me, if I was a listener, I wouldn't want to listen to it. So yeah, I... sorry to those guys out there that listen that I did promise that, but it will be coming. I had, I, I, after the draft last year, I, uh, I, I reached out to the, cause the cats drafted three kids from the Geelong Falcons. And I reached out to one of them on Instagram and said, Hey, you know, would, I'd, yeah, I sent them the cats apart. I'd love to, yeah, if you wanted, would want to come on to the podcast. And I ended up, all three of them popped into one of their cars and I talked to them for like a half an hour. And then I got a, I got an email from somebody that works in the cats front office and asked him after they listened, they said, well, how did you get in touch with them? I said, well, I just reached out to them on Instagram and they said, well, we need to have a talk with these kids because they need to go through proper channels to do this yeah, sort of I, thing. <laughs> I, I can understand exactly what you mean. I had yeah. the same thing. Um, how do you get in touch with them? And I was sort of like, got, um, no, you have to go through us to get them. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I'm promoting your product. You know, um, they're not going to say anything. I'm not going to put anything to air that's going to be a headline or anything like that. Right, right. But that's probably what. And the bigger clubs like West Coast and um, Geelong probably that they can do that because it's their brand. They've got mm-hmm. their own media companies where, like, say, Frio, and I know you you interviewed Duck. That they, they are endorsed by the Dockers, so they right, right. You know, they're endorsed by Frio. So, but you know, they're probably they're at a different point in uh trying to get members uh you know trying to attract people so they've got to do that you know they've got to go yeah. to that grassroots where bigger clubs probably don't have to do that anymore so right um but that's they're the battles that you go getting next players is easier than current day players but yes it, it has been it has been yeah all. i mean I, i've they're the only current players that i've spoken with and again yeah. you know and it was my it was my naivete in not reaching out to the club because I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that the club was going to, you know, that that was going to be the case. So I, I mean, I won't do that again, but it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, okay, maybe I will. Yeah, but it, just, but, uh, it, just, it gets <laughs> me, you're, you're promoting their product. Yeah. You're not going to put anything bad out in there. So, you know, to me, you should be endorsing everything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, that's the way that the media companies, I mean, Football companies go and they got their own media, so I guess they want to be the first ones. But yep. hey, I, uh, I get it. 
It, it, it will change. It will change, Craig. Um, it'll come to a part where they, everyone, you know, mm-hmm. you just got to look at um, the big soccer clubs in England with Manchester United and Arsenal TV and all that. They all started off as um, independent people doing things for the love of their club, and now that's all they do. They go out to those mediums that where it is yeah. the club. It is a fan base ones that get people to listen to. Uh, fans want to listen to it. They don't want to hear the same line chucked down their throat every time. They want to. They want to hear the truth. They want to hear, you know, how it or, really is. You know, the passion, or at least, or at least different opinions. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, hey, man, yep. I appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon. This was great. Please pass my congratulations along to your son for his uh, his championship. Uh, that was very cool to see that. Uh, no, yeah, it was good. We spoke up here. It was a uh, very satisfying going yeah. overseas and an international goal. So, yep. it was great. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I, will, well, I will pass it on. All right. Well, was it? Thanks so very much, man. No, I, I will appreciate it, mate. And um, I'm going to send the invitation back to you when West Coast play Geelong. I'm going to message you and uh, get you on the show. Outstanding. Absolutely. I would love to do right. that. Well, and I'd hopefully, it's. Hopefully it's me grilling you saying, how come uh, Geelong lost, mate? <laughs> well, it, it could, it certainly could happen. It certainly could happen. Yeah. I, I remember I'm, I'm always, you know, the glasses, you know, the glasses half empty. I I'm never, you know, that's being a Cleveland sports fan. It's just been beaten over my head. As I told, I talked to the guys in the Bulldogs today. I said, I can empathize with St. Kilda supporters because that's kind of what it's like being a, a Cleveland, <laughs> a Cleveland fan. It's, 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 it's very similar. It is very, very yeah. similar. I always um, have a go at my Fremantle fans. I always say, oh, yeah, yeah, this and that. And I go, well, just think about it. You're the only team that's won less premierships than St. Kilda. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, hey, man, have a, no. have a great Saturday afternoon and cheers. Yeah, you too, mate. And thanks you again. Bet. Much appreciated. You bet. All right, Waza, thanks so much for taking uh, time out to chat with me. Um, for those of you that don't know my logo that I am using for the podcast right now, which you could buy your own over at the Redbubble store. There's a link to that on my website. Uh, Waza designed that for me. He did that out of the kindness of his own heart a couple of years ago. Um, I truly appreciate that. I really love the logo and uh, love having that displayed everywhere that I can. Now, folks, don't forget that if you want to get on the mailing list, which I hope you do, you can do that at my website, eankonthefooty.com. You can leave a review for the podcast. If you love the show, I do hope you'll head over to my website and click on the review button, and you can leave a review right on the website, or it'll take you right over to Apple Podcasts, and you can leave a review there, which will then help to trigger the algorithm with Apple and hopefully get the podcast in front of more ears as we go forward. You can also leave a voicemail there if you want to help support the show. You can also click on the Buy Me a Coffee button there, which is a little yellow button in the bottom left-hand corner. Helps keep the lights on here. I don't have anything hidden behind a paywall or anything of that nature, but if you like what you're hearing and you're enjoying the show, this really helps to uh, to cover the cost of all of the fees and such that I'm paying for the website and uh, my podcast host and things of that nature. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap up... Uh, Again, with the mailing list, new episodes will come to you in your email as soon as they come out. I don't bombard you with other things about the podcast. Um, you know, the off chance that I'll have a new blog post on my website, I'll, I'll usually put a link there. But I'm not sending you dozens and dozens of emails every week or anything like that, except when new episodes come out. But folks, look out for one another. Check in on your friends. Tell them you love them. 
let them know you care. Get out there for that coffee. Get out there for that beer if that's what you want to do. Um, head over to Bunnings and uh, have a couple of snags. Okay? Have one for me. Don't forget to uh, stop by the uh, store on the way back and pick up a jar of Vegemite. And pick one up for me also because I'm down to only having three remaining jars on my shelf. Uh, I've got 18 empty ones though, but I have three full ones that I'm working with here. But ladies and gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for the kind words that you have shared about the podcast. I, I, I love talking footy with people. I love this game. I appreciate you sharing this game with me. I, I know that, you know, I am not a supporter of your club, but I, I truly appreciate the passion that Eagles supporters have. I, I, I love watching great footy. I love, yeah, of course, I want to see my club win their game each week, and then I want to watch eight other fantastic games, and I want to see everybody do well. Everybody. So I guess eight ties. My team wins every week, and there are, are eight other ties that would put us, oh, never mind. Okay, well, folks, um... As always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later, and the Western Bulldogs preview will be up next. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 230 of A Yank on the Footy, my chat with Eagle Nation's Waza King previewing the West Coast Eagles. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to Yank on the Footy podcast over on Facebook, A Yank on the Footy on Instagram. You can find my name, Craig Wessels, on LinkedIn or Facebook if you want to connect that way as well. But you can also find everything over at my website, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. If you're somebody who would like to be a guest or you know somebody who would be a great guest, please drop me a note. And let me know, because I'd love to set that up. I appreciate you listening. I do hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.